Here's a little song to start the show. It's over now. Let's go. Hey, check, check. Welcome to the podcast. My name's Brian Jost. I've got uh, my bandmates here, Jimmy, Bob, and Carl. Say hi, guys. Hi, everybody. This is Bob. Hey, everybody. It's Carl. Hello, listeners. This is Jimmy. Thank you for coming back to the show. Check out our website, EurekaPointLighthouse.com. There's a blog, there's some music, there's uh, a link to my memoir. Um, it's called Grounded by Bipolar Disorder, One Pilot's Landing. Uh, so that's the um, story I haven't really talked about on this podcast. Um, basically, my mental health uh, recovery story It needs an update because um, a lot has happened since I published that um like i had two kids after i wrote that memoir and they're um what 10 and 12 years old now and so so um it has been a uh, big confusing thing about um what what to do with the idea of uh sharing my personal recovery story which is something i did for a long time and something i did for for uh, volunteer work and even paid work. I've mentioned on this podcast, a mental health resource, uh, NAMI, National Alliance on Mental Illness. And every state in the U.S. has a, has a state organization. So I, I live in Minnesota, so I have volunteered with NAMI Minnesota, and I have worked at NAMI Minnesota. And uh, I'm mentioning that because it's related to the, the personal stories Um like I started volunteering in 2009 in a program where people tell their personal recovery stories. It's called In Our Own Voice. Uh, and so that's where I started sharing my personal recovery story of living with bipolar disorder, which was diagnosed in 2005. And, um, and then uh, through that volunteer public education program, uh, I really became interested in that people that idea of people sharing personal recovery stories and then and then I ended up getting hired by NAMI Minnesota to to coordinate that public education program that in our own voice program and then I and then I got to help a bunch of other people uh do do what I had been doing um so I got to recruit volunteer presenters and train them and help schedule presentations for them and um, so I kind of went from having that great feeling of I personally was making a difference by sharing my my story um, to then helping a bunch of other people do it, and then kind of just felt like part of a bigger team of of people um, helping educate people and reduce discrimination and stigma. Um, so anyway, I have over the years kind of shied away from from my personal story my have shied away from the fact that i have this memoir out there available in in print and ebook and audiobook and um I, it was kind of like i went out and was really open about my mental illness uh initially when i was diagnosed in 2005 and you know it uh it really changed my life a lot and for some reason I wasn't afraid of letting people know about my mental illness and then some years after publishing the memoir 
I had kids. And then as my kids got into like the preschool age, elementary school age, then I started feeling a new form of stigma and was afraid of uh, like my kids, classmates, parents, learning that I had a mental illness and was afraid of what these other parents were going to think of me and are they going to be thinking that I'm weird and crazy and are they not going to want their kid playing with my kid and all this stupid stuff. So I totally got like shy and ashamed and embarrassed again. And I don't know if I should say again because I don't think I really felt that before. Um, it was more of me feeling that when it was about me and my kids. So anyway, I'm trying to figure out how to be vulnerable and and share some of my personal experience again, because I do have something to say. And I have many years of experience living with a mental illness and living relatively well and can probably help people in some way. I've had to I've had to deal with a lot of suicidal ideation. I've had to make sense of that. Um, that continues to be a struggle. So what's my point? Why am I saying all this? I guess because I've mentioned my memoir in the last two episodes, but never said the title until now. The title again is Grounded by Bipolar Disorder, One Pilot's Landing. That's me, no longer the pilot, but I would like to learn how to fly gliders. I've gone to a small airport in southern Minnesota where there's some glider action and maybe someday I'll do that. That would be good for me. Anyway, what do we have here for this episode? Um, hey, Brian, did we get any more letters from listeners? Yeah, we did get a couple. I have them here. I'll read one. So this one's addressed to me. Again, I don't know where these people are getting my mailing address from because I have not mentioned it. Or um, maybe they looked in the white pages. Yeah, maybe. Are those still around? How come I don't get any letters? I don't know if people like you. You'll probably get one, Carl. Read that letter, Brian. Okay, here it goes. Dear Brian, thank you for sharing your story in the podcast about how anxiety affected you when there was a tornado watch during your son's baseball game. I can relate to how your mind was hijacked by your fears and anxious thoughts. This is kind of hard to read. Messy handwriting. I had a similar experience recently. I was driving home from the gym, and as I approached a section of the road that went from two lanes down to one lane, a driver tried to speed around me and, oh no, at the merge point. But he waited too long to make his move, and he ended up behind me where he started. Although I was tempted to speed up so he couldn't get around me, I didn't. This is a common scenario at this section of the road. People always try to race ahead, and I have learned to just take it slow and let the assholes go around me. But this guy was not close enough to getting around me, so I didn't slow way... What's it say? I didn't slow way down to let him pass. Then he started honking and tailgating and waving his arms and yelling and swerving his car side to side. I could see how full of rage he was. Sometimes when I let these assholes, no, let these asshole drivers go past me, I fear that they are going to speed ahead and hit a pedestrian at the crosswalk. 
which is not far from the merge point. Boy, this handwriting is horrible. Okay, continuing. Um, my mind gets flooded with thoughts of how a speeding driver that I might let get ahead of me is not going to stop for some little kid trying to cross the road. And you know that little kid could be one of my kids and they could die and the driver would speed away and not get caught and I would see my dead bloody kid with brains splattered on the road and I would feel so horrible that I would probably have to kill myself to stop the pain. Wow. But that hasn't happened yet. I blame Spider-Man for this problem in my mind. If Spider-Man had stopped that thief, that the thief wouldn't have killed his uncle, and then he wouldn't have felt responsible for his death, then I might not have that type of storyline in the back of my mind about this dumb driving situation. I just realized I got distracted and forgot to tell you about how my mind got hijacked by fear and anxious thoughts. This bad driver that was behind me at this merge point, um, who looked like he was having road rage, uh, s seemed to follow me into my neighborhood and onto my street. I thought he was... Boy, I cannot read this writing. I thought he was trying to follow me to my home and that maybe he was going to try to hurt me. I drove past my home without slowing down and went around the block and came back towards home and I saw him parked near my home and then I could tell that he was delivering a package. Um, boy, this is a bunch of scribble. I'm I can't even read, like, the last couple sentences. And they sign their name as just a big fool. They, they think they're a big fool. Maybe for thinking that way? I don't oh, know. Oh, they shouldn't think that. They're not a fool for thinking like that. Oh, I hope they don't feel too bad. No, I think that way a lot. They are not a fool. No, whoever you are out there, if you're listening again, you're not a fool for thinking like that. That's... That's what happens a lot to a lot of people is like we just our mind kind of takes over. And and I keep thinking of this term we learned in DBT um, called emotion mind. And what are the three? There's there's emotion mind. There's wise mind. So there's one that's What's like the, uh, all your, your emotions. And then there's one that's all just like your head, like you're thinking. And then the wise mind is the combination. I cannot remember. I will look it up. That letter that we, I just read reminds me of the beginning of a book called Chatter, The Voice in Our Head, Why It Matters and How to Harness It. The author is Ethan Cross, K-R-O-S-S. -S. I think we'll get a link in the show notes and on the website on EurekaPointLighthouse.com. I just recently read this. It's interesting. And the book starts out with kind of a similar situation where the author was... was uh, had received a threatening letter at work and he's talking about his experience of being paranoid in the middle of the night with a baseball bat expecting this this uh crazy person to show up and try to hurt him and his family and it was all just his his head um this is like an emotion mind thing his his uh thoughts hijacking his mind sort of thing he's a scientist who studied self-control. He claims he's an expert on how to tame unrelenting negative thought spirals. 
which is what I think uh, happened to me with that baseball game and the tornado, the bad weather stuff uh, in the last episode. Um, and then also it sounds like this this uh, road rage driving incident sounds like same kind of thing. Unrelenting negative thought spirals. That's an it's an interesting phrase. Uh it's kinda seems like what my life is, an unrelenting negative thought spiral. Anyway, um the week before Ethan Cross received his threatening letter, he had uh talked on CBS Evening News about a neuroscience study related to the links between physical and emotional pain. Um, and anyway, it was after he was on the news that somebody reacted negatively and sent this letter that was threatening. That's just how the, that's how the book starts. And it gets into some, that um, all sounds like something I can relate to. The what was it? Unrelenting negative thought spiral. Yeah, that was what he said. I can relate to that too. Oh, I can't relate it. Oh, I never have negative thoughts. Bullshit. You know, it kind of makes me think of this weird thing that I've been doing, where I, um, you know, I learned a lot about positive thoughts and like positive self-talk and, um. I think you guys know about that stuff from like a DBT and yes, there's a lot of information out there about um, self-talk, the importance of self-talk and positive self-talk, and it's uh, it's very real. I know what you're talking about. Yes, me too. I would not be alive if I did not try to work on my self-talk. I know you guys know this, but like, do you think? Uh, I'm a little embarrassed to tell people that I actually record my my positive self-talk. Like, I, I write it out. I, instead of just telling myself a positive statement in my head, I write it out. And I, and I do uh, this thing where I like, refer to myself in the third person. So I'm, I'm like... Uh, like I talk to myself because that helps me think that I'm like further away from my mind. Um, do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Actually, I think that's in this book, Chatter. I think Ethan Cross was calling it distanced. Is it is it distanced self-talk? I can't remember exactly. Basically, ta- referring to yourself, either like talking to yourself um, as a way to give your, put some distance between, I don't know how to, I don't know how to say it. So like, if I, if I was feeling super sad, like if I'm depressed and feeling super sad, you know, like I can, in my head, I can say, oh shit, I'm so sad, you know, or I can be like, um, I could, I could talk to myself. I could say, oh, you're, you are experiencing sadness and and that experiencing sadness is different than being sad like uh if i say i am sad it starts making me feel like i am the sadness i am the emotion itself so i'm not going to be able to get out of it because i am it so i could say you talking to myself you are experiencing sadness right now or i can say brian is experiencing sadness and 
and referring to myself with my name, it's like I'm talking about this person who's over there, not not me. And I'm just noticing Brian is experiencing sadness right now. And that that puts some separation between me and the sadness. Because I can like almost see myself over there when I say Brian is experiencing sadness. And then there's two things. There's Brian and then there's the sadness. They're not the same. It's not the same as me saying, I am sad. Yeah, that's that's a lot of what I was kind of trying to say. Um, so I do that. I like, there's so many techniques you can use and so many books and resources. Um, and like a lot of it even comes from DBT. Oh, yeah, we learned a lot of that stuff in DBT. Do you want to share a recording of your positive self-talk? Oh, gosh. I don't know if I want to actually share one. Um, But, you know, it's like, it's, uh, I don't know. Well, tell people what you do, though. Like, do you just record it once and listen to it once? Or, I mean, I already know the answer, so I'm just prompting you here. But tell people what you do. Well, yeah. So, like, I write it out. I, like, I kind of identify my big struggles that are going on consistently over some time. And I write out some positive statements about them. And then I, like, write it to me. And it's almost like, well, and then I record it in my voice. But sometimes I, like, try to change change my voice with uh, editing software to make it sound like it's somebody else talking to me. Um, and I've even been thinking about hiring uh, like a voiceover narrator to to read it to me, like I'm listening to like a guided meditation maybe, um, and then I'll like listen to it like first thing in the morning, and it's like you know it has reminders of how to like start my morning, getting myself calm and still and. Um, has my positive self-talk statements in there, um, and I and it kind of ends. Usually, I have it ending with me going into some deep breathing, and then some time for me to focus on meditation. And like I say, I know what you're talking about because Bob actually um, he shared that with the rest of us and kind of got all of us hooked on this for a while. We were doing it and. Carl, are you still doing it? Oh, yeah. I kind of go on and off. And, I, you know, every time I stop, I think, what the hell? Why did I stop doing that? And then I, you know, and then I get back to it. The same with me. It seems like after I record a positive self-talk message, I listen to it most mornings for a few weeks, and then it starts feeling old and like I don't need it. Well, that's one of the big things I notice is that it's like it, it, it was so personal, like the way... I make it for me. I mean, it's all based on like journaling and writing out, answering some questions that I've um, organized to help prompt me make, write out something that's actually useful for me, first of all. Um, kind of wish, I was just thinking, God, there should, there should be like a, a form of therapy that just helps you write out a positive self-talk uh, sort of, statement or paragraph for yourself to re I'm just, I'm just rambling now. Anyway, for me, these things are effective for a while and then maybe they've actually helped me or I've made some other changes to kind of maybe get 
past some hurdle with a problem that's related to something I'm telling myself. And then I sort of like need a new one. So I'll go back and like keep journaling more and, and, uh, maybe come up with something new. Gosh, what a rambling thing here. Um, are we doing music? Yes, we should do some music. I kind of think we should do something silly and then maybe something like serious uh, related to like the last two songs, Skeletons and I Am Afraid. There is one called God's Apology that I think we should share. Yeah, and are you you still thinking of like... Was that going to be an album name, God's Apology? I don't know. It's definitely the name of one song right now. I kind of feel like maybe there are eight or nine or ten songs that could be fitting together for an album. I don't think the name God's Apology makes sense for the album, though. Just maybe that one song. Brian, are you going to do God's Apology at an open mic? I don't know if I'm even going to do any more open mics. Oh, but you should. Yeah, you should. Have you done God's Apology at a voice lesson? Yeah, I did actually s- sing and play God's Apology once at a voice lesson, but I'm not I'm not doing those anymore. Oh, how come? It's just like wasting my time and money. I wasn't practicing. Oh, no, that's too bad. I don't really think it's too bad. I feel like we need to make sense of Jimmy's songs, like which ones he wants really to be out there, which ones we need to record and maybe perform someday. And we have when and when we have those figured out, then maybe I go to the voice coach and actually start working on those specific songs, because I just felt like I wasn't really sure what to practice, because I didn't really feel like practicing other real songs that are out in the world. I just kind of wanted to work on ours, but we don't have much that's ready to practice. Well, we kind of have a lot. I think it'll. I don't know. Maybe not. Hey, Bob, why don't you share that one like poem song thing? That's about like. You said it was maybe, could be like the people who were thinking about suicide. Oh, yeah. It's not really like a song or anything that's done. I mean, it was kind of like written to myself. Um, But uh, I don't know. I don't know if I want to. Bob, don't worry about it. Just read it. I know it's not done. I know it's kind of a mess. Just read it. Go for it, Bob. Just do it. Okay. Here it goes. I can't, I don't. I don't really know. I don't have a name for it or anything, but it goes like this. It's time to get up, you piece of shit. Oh, fuck that thought. It's just a judgment. It's time to get out of bed. Time to stand up and straighten out your bed. Like, no, that says head. Okay. It's time to get out of bed. Time to stand up and straighten out your head. Life will be hard today and you'll get through it. You'll be okay. I don't know, you guys. This doesn't feel right. Let's do something different. Okay, Bob. That's fine. Hey, Brian, how about Bob's poem, Fiddle Fart? I mean, where's my art? Did you record the song? Yeah, I did come up with a chord progression idea for that poem of Bob's. Where's my... Uh, I keep wanting to say, where's my painting? No, no, it's called Where's My Art from uh, we did in the last episode, was it? I can't remember. Episode one or two, you read it. Jimmy, did I give you the recording, the file? Yes, I have it here. Should I play it? Yeah, it's it's just a quick recording I did. Nothing fancy, but kind of fun, for me at least. Let's hear it. Hello, check, check. 
noise, what's all the noise? Give me reverb, reverb, reverb. Check, 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 check. Fatal thoughts, where's my heart? I left it on the table. I've searched everywhere to find it on my navel. Oh, look at that, my pretty heart is hanging on the wall. I guess I didn't leave it on the table after all. Ooh, the end. Hey, nice, Brian. That's cool. I wrote those words and now they're lyrics. I was hoping for some hip hop. Mm, maybe next time. Oh, hip hop would be cool. How would that go? What are the words? Fiddle fart, where's my art? Fiddle fart, where's my art? I left it on the table. Carl, please stop. Yeah, that's enough. Well, anyway, good job, Brian. Okay, you guys, I just looked in my DBT book and found the information about the wise mind, emotion mind thing. Oh, good. What was our missing piece? What was the, the like, thinking mind one? It is called reasonable mind. Oh, yeah, reasonable mind. I don't think I have a reasonable mind. Well, you probably do. We just might not use it much. Yeah, you got one, Carl, but... I think Brian's right. You probably just don't use it much. Jimmy, hey, let me see your book. Here you go. What page were you on? Oh, you're on page 50? I should back up a little bit and and talk about this, this DBT book. DBT, Dialectical Behavior Therapy. Okay, the book is titled DBT Skills Training Handouts and Worksheet. Worksheets, sorry. DBT Skills Training Handouts and Worksheets. Second edition um, by... Marsha M. Linehan, and so, okay, so how do I say this? Um, so I think I need to talk a little bit more just about DBT in general and our experiences with DBT, um, because we might be putting more of that in the podcast. And the overall goal of DBT skills training is is to like help you build a life worth living. Um, let me see what it actually says in the book here, like page one. Page one, introduction to this book. The overall goal of DBT skills training is to help you increase your resilience and build a life experienced as worth living. Um, and that's what I, that building a life worth living is, is the big thing that I always remember from my DBT experience. And I'm, and I'm talking about my uh, experience actually in a DBT program, which involved both one-on-one -on -one therapy weekly and then a separate group uh, therapy experience, although it's not like a support group. It's more of a classroom type experience where uh, everybody is sharing how they are using the skills and going through homework and sharing their experience of doing the homework. And it's a lot of it's DBT has a bunch of skills that you learn and then you need to practice them, practice them. And, um, so there's, there's this, there's this big thing in the, in the DBT programs about, um, uh, so you have, so you identify what is referred to as target behaviors. 
and that's not like a target let's let's aim for this behavior and do it it's it's a target behavior you're focusing on on avoiding that behavior basically um and within the therapy programs dbt programs that i have been in uh in in the group settings you don't you don't talk about what your specific target behaviors are um because it's not a processing type support group experience um so so for me a real target behavior is suicidal ideation thinking about suicide if i'm in my one-on-one dbt therapy session i can talk about those details and my specific true target behaviors and what they are and what that means for me and how to deal with them when i'm in the classroom type group setting and i'm going through a homework um and i say okay i'm noticed what i would say is okay, I recognized that I was having a target behavior or had the urge to do a target behavior. Um, target behaviors could be anything, basically, that's not good for you. Um, my point was just in the group setting, it's you're not talking about what your target behaviors are. You're just stating, okay, I, I was... I noticed an urge to do a target behavior or I started doing a target behavior and then this is what I did next to deal with that. So I guess my point is that DBT is all about skills. There's a ton of skills that you learn and there's a lot of information and I started in DBT programs three times with two different providers and all three times I never actually finished, officially finished their program. Um, I had a lot of trouble committing to the first program. Uh, The first provider I went to used a six-month program model and with the upfront recommendation that you do it twice, so a year. And and then the next provider that I went to, they just started out with a 12-month program. And... Each time I started, I lasted only a matter of months. I never finished the straight six-month or one-year program. I think all of my in-program time together with the three programs was about one year, but not straight through. For me, one of my target behaviors was was related to going to DBT group. Um, I got a lot more out of the one-on-one sessions with my therapist than I did in the group setting but I know to do it right you're you're in an official program and you're doing both the individual dbt therapy and the group work so me talking about dbt in this podcast is not going to teach you how to do dbt the right way you might get a little info from me talking about it and maybe just hear one person's experience of what it might be like to go through dbt and use dbt skills well actually all four of us have been in dbt oh yeah sure yes i could talk about my experience in dbt yeah me too so anyway what was i gonna say i just felt like i should talk a little bit more about dbt and maybe this book so here's about the author straight from the book 
2015 publication, uh, Marsha M. Linehan, PhD, ABPP, American Board of Professional Psychology, I think I have that right, is the developer of Dialectical Behavior Therapy, DBT, and professor of psychology and of psychiatry and behavioral sciences and director of the Behavioral Research and Therapy Clinics at the University of Washington. Her primary research interest is in the development and evaluation of evidence-based treatments for populations with high suicide risk and multiple severe mental disorders. Dr. Linehan's contributions to suicide research and clinical psychology research have been recognized with numerous awards, including the Gold Medal Award for Life Achievement in the Application of Psychology from the American Psychological Foundation, and the James McKean Cattell Award from the Association for Psychological Science. In her honor, the American Association of Suicidology created the Marsha Linehan Award for Outstanding Research in the Treatment of Suicidal Behavior. She is a Zen master and teaches mindfulness and contemplative practices via workshops and retreats for healthcare providers. And look for a link to this book maybe in the website maybe in the show notes i'll get something organized um and then you know if you happen to become interested in pursuing dbt for yourself don't just get the book and do it alone like you got to do it with a professional you got to do it in a program if you're going to do it right uh jimmy where were you in this book i moved my page now i think the wise mind stuff was on page 50. okay 50 okay yes so this is page 50 mindfulness handout three mindfulness referencing mindfulness worksheet three from page 83 wise mind states of mind okay these are this is what we were getting at so we mentioned emotion mind and we mentioned wise mind the term that we were forgetting was called reasonable mind yeah so emotion mind motion mind you know according to the book emotion mind is hot mood dependent emotion focused um uh, i'm reading some of jimmy's personal notes that he had added to the to the book where uh his an emotion mind that's where judgments take place um artistic creative stuff falling in love um intensity uh let's see some scribble written in here what is this um motion mind where we're passionate where we where we love pleasure joy um and then the kind of the opposite side the reasonable mind stuff more more cool as opposed to hot um rational task focused logic uh some jimmy's notes uh organized robotic and so then wise mind is wise mind is like in the middle like the combination of reasonable mind and emotion mind um it's the wisdom within each person your, your inner wisdom seeing the value of both reason and emotion uh, bringing both sides of your brain together the middle path jimmy's notes warm flexible effective using this is where you use your skills in, with your wise mind um yeah and and jimmy wrote down wise mind equals accessing our inner wisdom um let's see so anyway that's what we were stumbling on so 
I don't know if I have a point. You know, I was kind of thinking about like that letter that we that you read about the the person driving and the road rage behind them, and they and then they were paranoid and thought the oh, the driver was going to follow them home and hurt them and all of that. And I was thinking that that's like emotion mind stuff right there. Yeah, absolutely, definitely. I hate my emotion mind. It seems like I'm there almost all the time. What do you do about it when you notice you're in emotion mind? Well, I try to use one of my DBT skills, like the observe, describe, and participate. Oh, that's a good one. I use that one quite a bit. Should we talk about that skill? I don't know. There's this weird thing going on in my head where I feel like I'm not supposed to talk about DBT skills because I'm not a, a DBT therapist or group facilitator or, you know, I'm not a psychiatrist or psychologist or anything like, you know, I'm not a mental health professional. So, I don't know. I mean, I guess I can just share my experience with DBT and using skills and how they help me. But maybe save that one. Maybe next episode or one of the future episodes we'll talk about uh, observe describe and participate um i mean i'll say briefly observe like no never mind i'm not gonna say it right now let's move on well let's play god's apology yeah let's hear god's apology okay fine with me i guess i don't like hearing myself sing it but jimmy you have it ready yes i am ready to play it all right go for it is this is this the end of the episode then yeah i think it should be so what should we say? Oh, just the usual. Check out the website, EurekaPointLighthouse.com, for a blog and more music, a memoir link, uh, maybe some links to a DBD book, DB, D, DBT book, maybe. Um, and maybe that book Chatter we were talking about. Uh, what else? I don't know. Yeah, here's God's apology. See ya. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Goodbye, listeners. Have a good day. Uh, before we play the song, a uh, reminder, the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline is 988. And if you need some mental health information and resources, check out NAMI, National Alliance on Mental Illness, uh, online at nami.org, N-A-M-I. Let's play the song. Hello, check, check. Here I am with my reverb. Pre-mixed, not really mixed. Live to drive, no editing this piece of shit. What am I doing? God's apology? God's apology? God's, okay. I don't know if I can set things right. I may have fucked up. When I turned on the lights It's a shallow, shallow world And everyone hurts I could've made a nicer world But I was pissed off What do I do now? How can I fix this? Is it too late? Well, my parents say they're never gonna let me make another planet again. I guess I'm feeling a little regret for making humans my begging pets. I should have realized. I have to clean that shit 
I should have mixed the colors before they dried And why did I waste my time with the dinosaurs? Oh, fuck.